Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and as usual, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. Hi, Holly. Hi. How's your day going? Oh, (laughs) it's going great, Um, except right before we started to record this podcast, we had a little family crisis. Oh, (laughs) no. Not really a crisis. Everything is totally fine, but um, I was jotting down some notes for the podcast, and we knew it was getting close to time for us to talk. And the doorbell rang. My boys were outside playing, and I thought, who is at the front door? So I went to the door, and there stood my six-year-old, completely covered in blood. I mean, dripping down everywhere, all over the porch. Um, He had been rolling down the hill, and I guess he, like, cut himself, his scalp, on a rock or a stick. I I don't know what he did. But um, you hear stories. I know. I thought, we're going to have to go to urgent care or something. But it, it was nothing. You know, you hear stories about how your scalp bleeds more than anything or your mouth yeah. bleeds like crazy. And it is so true because by the time I got him cleaned up, I mean, it's like a little teeny pinprick of a nick on his scalp. Uh, <laughs> it was incredible how much blood came out of that little teeny tiny little scratch. <laughs> so, oh, but wow. he's fine. But- oh, good. This afternoon. <laughs> How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. Um, we had a great Thanksgiving with family. Um, we did have a we a couple of our kids had been sick about a week before, and then it must have oh, been God. one of those kind of slow um, lingering viruses or something. And so oh, yeah. then a couple other people, um, including my husband, was n- not not really sick, but just not feeling great on Thanksgiving Day. So that was a little bit sad, yeah. but. Um, but that's just how it goes, you know, this time of year. It's it just kind of uh, comes and goes. So everybody better now? Yes, they are good. feeling better now. So that's that's really, really good. Um and I was able to finish a book I've been reading for a little while. Um, I wanted to recommend it to to everybody, especially for those who ha- are not familiar, who have yet to read C.S. Lewis, but are interested. But it's called Deep Magic, Dragons, and Talking Mice, How Reading C.S. Lewis Can Change Your Life. It's by Alistair McGrath um, mm-hmm. from England, and um, he's a professor there and has been at several different universities, and including Oxford. And so it's, it's pretty easy to read. You could read it. It pretty quickly, um, but it, it it kind of basically it's as if you were having a conversation, um, you know, over coffee or dinner with C.S. Lewis, and what kind of questions that people would want to ask. And so, um, Alistair McGrath just kind of you know helping to summarize some of C.S. Lewis's ideas through his writings. And so, um, yeah, I think especially if um, if you're a listener who's thought, I've always wanted to read C.S. Lewis, but just haven't taken that leap, if this would maybe push you forward. So I would, I I love would that. highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to read that one. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. I actually got a book over the holidays, too, that I would love to recommend. Um, I'm just now starting to get into it because it's not one that you just read through. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a book. It's called Every Moment Holy by Douglas Kane McKelvey, and it's actually a book of liturgies. Um, and they're kind of liturgies for the everyday. Like there's mm-hmm. a liturgy for your morning coffee. or uh-huh. um, And then there's seasonal ones like liturgies for the first hearth fire of the year. Oh, and fine. for putting up the Christmas tree. And um, then there are like, you know, just for different occasions and things. Like one of the ones that I, I just, I, I sobbed when I read it because it was so beautiful and just so, um, um, I don't really know what the word is that I'm looking for, but. There's one for a liturgy for like a loss in the house mm. fire or a oh, flood or things uh-huh. like that. And my best friend's home burned down um, a couple of years ago. Right. Oh. And so just reading that and I was like, you know, if we if she had had that to read, um, it just is it, so they're grounding and they they focus your attention back on Christ. And I mean, they're just absolutely beautiful prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot recommend that highly enough. You could get it through the rabbit room, I think, right mm-hmm. now. Um, so that's something it would make a beautiful Christmas gift. It's leather bound with like gilded pages and everything. Oh, nice. It's absolutely 
beautiful. I cannot recommend that highly enough. And I am, it's just really um, speaking to me as, as I go through my days oh, reading good. the liturgies. Yes. Did, did he write the liturgies or did he gather them from other places? He wrote them. Okay. He wow. wrote them. Okay. And, yes. And he's so great. gifted in that. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. they're just beautiful prayers. And mm-hmm. some of them are written like um, a traditional liturgy, like a church where you could um, have a leader and then mm-hmm. a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them are just straight through. But of course, you can read those by yourself right. as well. Yeah. Um, but there's ones for like feasting, with, liturgy for feasting with friends. Mm-hmm. And so you have like a, the leader and then the friends who respond. And I'm, oh, it, they're just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So oh, I, I highly recommend I that. I want to check that out. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's so. great. Yeah, that would that does sound like a great Christmas gift idea. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes <laughs> that's great. Well, before we get into talking about Christmas and book recommendations, which we're so excited to do, um, I'll just talk about a couple things with Story Formed and Whole Heart Ministries. Um, the first one is, as we've been talking about, Sally is still doing her and promoting um, Cultivating Life with Sally Membership, which Jamie and I have the privilege and opportunity to be involved in. We um, offer story-formed bonus content on there. So if, if you're unfamiliar with this, you can check it out at cultivatinglifewithsally.com and find out all the information there. But just a little a little bit of info is that it's $9.99 a month or $9.99 for the whole, or sorry, or $99 for a year. You can sign up either way. Um, and Sally has Bible studies and encouragement on home and discipleship and family and and very quite a few topics. Um, she's also been doing some podcasts with a professional classical musician, and they've been talking about composers, which has been really exciting too. Um, and Jamie and I are excited for what we're doing new this year in 2018. We're going to be doing a year of author studies. So I'm really excited. And I think Jamie is too, just to, to dig in. We'll be covering various um, picture books and chapter books. We'll be doing a different one every month. But just to give you a little peek into what that will be, um, I'm going to be covering Robert McCloskey and Beatrix Potter, and Jamie will be covering George McDonald and Louisa May Alcott in the first four months or so. So um, if you're interested, we hope that you'll check out the website and see all of that, um, what all of that has to offer. And then also, if you um, have ever thought about being interested or wanting to donate to StoryFormed, and if you're enjoying what we're doing, um, our podcasts and our articles, um, you can go to StoryFormed.com, and there's a tab at the top. It says donate. Uh, sorry, it says more. And then if you click on more at the top of our website and you push, um, then you can click donate. Um, it takes you to Whole Heart Ministries and there's a little note section there and you can just designate StoryFormed in the notes um, so that they know it came through StoryFormed. So we'd love we'd love for you to do that if, if you desire to do so. Yes. Um, Jamie, we've been talking about, um, we've been thinking about what are some Christmas memories and traditions that we can think of in in your family of origin or with your own kids, um, I'd love to hear, you know, one or two from you that, that you're thinking about this season. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, one of my favorite Christmas stories that I like to tell, um, I'll, I'll share it. Um, you know, here at Whole Heart, you know, we, we obviously, family is very important and we want to lift up and encourage the family and give you resources to kind of help you discipling your children and to, to build up your family. Um, but I don't think I have shared on this podcast that I come from a family whose parents were divorced. Um, my parents were divorced when I was nine and, um, my parents both got remarried eventually. And so this story comes from the first Christmas after my dad was remarried. Um, I was 14 years old and my little sister was 11 and we gained a stepsister that year and she was nine. Um, so we were right in that preteen teenager years that are (laughs) challenging sometimes for, for girls, especially, um, and you know, blending, blending families is hard and, and blending traditions are hard. Um, but you know, we had done well, they got married in March and it was December and you know, things were going really well and it came time to decorate the tree and, you know, decorating a tree and, and blending ornaments it works out really great because, I mean, everybody just puts their own ornament on the tree. And mm-hmm. it was really kind of special because as we would pull out an ornament, we were able to kind of tell a story 
to my stepmom and my stepsister, oh, this is from when we did this and this, you know, I was six when I made this and right. you know, they were doing the same thing and kind of telling us, you know, the stories of our lives and the traditions that we all had before we came together as a family and everything was going great until it came time to put the angel on top of the tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> my sister and I pulled out our angel uh, and my stepsister pulled out her angel and we were like, oh no, <laughs> what's going to happen? And oh, Holly, it, you should see these angels. I mean, they were like 1970s paper angels uh, with like felt hair and like tinsel all over them. And they were almost exactly alike, but ours was gold and hers was silver. Oh, wow. And so the fighting ensued. And I mean, you it's going to be our angel. No, it's my angel. And right. I mean, the tears and the screaming and the slamming doors and all of this. And my poor dad and stepmom were just sitting there with their mouths open, like, what are we going to do about right. this? And so for a few days, our tree was angelless as they contemplated how they were going to solve this problem, of course. And they finally came to us and sat us down. And said that they had decided that what they were going to do is start a new tradition with the family. And each year, they would take one of the, us girls, and we would start with me because I was the oldest. And I was going to go with my stepmom, and I was going to go pick out a new angel for the tree. And it wow. would be my year. Mm -hmm. So I picked out an angel that year, and then the rest of the family picked out a gift for me um, that was particular to me and my interest, something very, very special, um, that really just kind of showed how they knew me and how they loved me and that kind of thing. And they presented me with that gift and they told me, you know, all the different things that were special about me. And then the next year was my sister's year and she went and picked out an angel. And that year her angel was on the tree and we picked out a gift for her as a family. And we talked about how special she was. And then the next year was my stepsister's year and we rotated every year and wow. just went in order. And every year that was my year, my angel went on the tree and they would pick a gift and they would kind of, you know, it was like my special Christmas and then my sister's special Christmas. And it just worked out beautifully because like my last Christmas at home before I went off to college was my special Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it worked out. It just the way they worked it out. It was so beautiful. And we had this tradition that everybody was excited. We were excited about our year, but we were also excited about you know, giving a gift to the sister for her year too, Right. you know, mm -hmm. so it kind of cultivated that, you know, generosity and sharing and, you know, this is her year and we're going to really make it special for her and that kind of thing. And then when we got married, a gift that my dad and stepmom gave to us for each of us as a wedding present was our angel for the oh, tree. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> we were able to take our angel and then put it on top of our tree with our new husbands and, you know, start our own family tradition. And so after all three of us got married and we took our angel, um, you know, all the, there were no more, you know, daughters at home. My sister and my stepsister and I went out and bought my stepmom an angel and we oh, wrapped it up oh, that's so <laughs> and we gave it to her. And so we presented her with her special year and her special angel. And so now that's the angel that's on top of the tree. Oh, and then we wow. each have our own angel and our story. And, um, they're so sweet. They still put the two paper tinsel angels on the mantle every year, one on each side. Oh, <laughs> so, that's okay. Every year we see those pathetic little angels <laughs> up there and it makes us all laugh. And, you know, we just love how we have this, you know, Challenges, but then also the way they work together and we all, you know, came together and created something totally unique, totally different and beautiful out of that challenge. And so that's yes. one of Christmas stories and Christmas traditions. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. I think that's so true, Jamie, that, you know, sometimes it's easy to focus on, you know, the difficulties and how, how hard that was. And of course, we want to give voice to that. But I love how that they, you know, desire to make something beautiful out of something really difficult for all of you. Yes. And yes. 
Yeah. It was wonderful. We have lots of great traditions now, you know, with my kids, we, um, we, um, every year we watch a Charlie Brown Christmas mm-hmm. and <laughs> we pop popcorn and I make a little hot chocolate bar for the boys with like whipped cream and chocolate chips and peppermint candies and sprinkles yes. and all the works. And, uh-huh. um, we'll sit down together as a little family and watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. And that's one of my kids' favorite Christmas traditions. That's kind of how they know Christmas has arrived when we, when you when we do that. that movie. Yes. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so, so great. That's, that's a fun tradition. And, um, we go to my parents. Um, we always went to my grandparents on Christmas Eve. And, um, so we've continued that tradition with our boys. We go to my dad's house on Christmas Eve and they always get to open one present and it's usually their Christmas pajamas that they're going to mm-hmm. wear that night. So mm-hmm. that's always fun and exciting. And what about you? Do you have any fun Christmas memories or traditions or anything like that? Well, yeah, when I um, when I think back, the first thing I thought of when thinking about a fun memory is um, this was probably in the Christmas season, but um, I remember my dad, so my dad has this, well, he actually just got rid of it not that many years ago, but he had this old blue Chevrolet pickup. We called it pickup in Iowa, I guess truck maybe is a better word for it. <laughs> yeah, but, we um, it pickup. Okay, okay. Um, but um, he... Uh, would we so we had we lived on a farm, but then we had some other property kind of down by the river, which is about maybe five miles from our farm, and it was really pretty down there and lots of trees. And so my dad would um, clear some area to we we get so much snow and it'd be so cold that we'd have piles of snow everywhere, never really mm-hmm. melted. So we always typically had snow, even if it got really dirty and brown looking. But um, he, so he took my sister and I um, down to the river and with a, his truck and we had this old rope and just a, you know, a basic plastic sled, I think, if my memory is serving me right, and just took us sledding and pulled us with his truck and... Um, you know, now I think, I don't know if I'd let my children do that, <laughs> but um, we had a blast. It was so fun. Yes. We could have just gone for hours, you know, all bundled up and just being driven around and pulled on that. I mean, because it's, you know, sledding is fun, but you go down and you got to go back up and you got to right. go down the hill again. And so, uh, which we did a lot of that um, growing up, but this was just stood out as being just kind of endless sledding. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about the book that we talked about, the book and the song we talked about in our Thanksgiving podcast about um, over the over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house will go, you know. And so I thought, yeah, that's kind of what it, you know, I mean, we didn't have it wasn't quite as picturesque as the book, but it just reminded me of going through the hills and the Mm -hmm. snow and kind of frolicking outside. So that that's a really fun memory. Um, And my dad was just generally up for doing something different and bringing us on some kind of an adventure. So that's, that's really fun. Um, We also had a pond outside of our house. And so in the winter, it would freeze over and we had these old ice skates. And so I have a lot of fun memories of ice skating on the pond. And one particular time we had farm cats. And so we would, my sister and I had these like bright, patchwork sort of coats from the 80s that they do like maroon and green and um and we they were big enough that we could um stick our cats in them so they would like oh yeah zip them into our coats and then the cats would like stick their heads out we would ice skate with them oh that's fun yeah it's really fun so I have I can remember the I have the pictures of of that event so anyway that was that was really fun just growing up on the farm and um, and then another thing I remember is I think out of all my family, one of my grandmothers, she was really intentional about trying to celebrate um, at Christmas and bring our family together. And so she always hosted um, all of our meals and you'd walk in and um, and my dad was just talking about this the other day and he's here. Remember when your know, grandma used to do this? And and um, so I've kind of felt like I think maybe I need to, you know, kind of walking into continuing to try to to carry that out. But she she really tried hard to, you know, make a nice table for us and always give us little gifts when we came and just tried to make it really memorable. And she was fun and just trying to love all of us through giving and hospitality. And so I really, I remember that vividly um, year after year, her doing that. So um, I'm, so yeah, I'm trying to carry that forward with our family, but also at the same time, trying not to get 
overly caught up in the presentation. You know, of course, like, right. it's like I want it to, to be beautiful. And but there's thing I can always think of things that I would like to buy to make it more pretty. <laughs> or right. um, And so I'm just uh, trying to focus on being welcoming and loving. And, you know, what we have is what we have. And of course, there's there's always, you know, more things we could think of that would make it better. But just try not to get overly focused in that part of it as being what makes it hospitable. But right. just us being together and even if it's simple and we don't have as much decor or dessert dishes that I would like or, you know, I run out of silverware or whatever, you know, it's it doesn't mm-hmm. that's not what really matters. Um, so just yes. bringing everybody together to focus on celebrating Christ's birth this Christmas and giving and loving each other. So that's what I'm trying to focus on this season. Um, And one of our Christmas Eve traditions, we always open one gift as well. We started doing Mm -hmm. that when our kids were little. And um, we actually started with pajamas and then have kind of evolved probably the past few years into doing a book. So Mm -hmm. everybody opens a book. So my older kids have gotten into it and think it's exciting. But my youngest, she kind of knows that's coming now. And (laughs) just a couple days ago, she's like, Mom, do we does it have to be a book? Can it be something else I'm like nope this is what we do we're doing books so hopefully hopefully in the next year or two she'll be more excited about it she'll get some other (laughs) things too but um but I'm always excited to think of something maybe that they you know wouldn't wouldn't naturally think of or so right yeah so I'm looking forward to that um and then we've also probably in the past couple years we started doing a little bit of reading on St. Nicholas Day. So we have a couple picture books um, and um, about St. Nicholas Day. One of them is called The Legend of St. Nicholas by Dandy mm-hmm. Daly McCall. And um, it's a story about Christmas giving and, and kind of hints to the historical legend of St. Nicholas, but it's more of a mm-hmm. modern day tale really to teach kids about giving. But um, if you're not familiar with St. Nicholas Day, which we're just really learning more about as of the past couple of years, um, you can our, we have some friends at keepingadvent.com who um, write a lot about different parts of the church calendar. And so if you want to learn more about that, you can learn from there. And of course, you could Google it um, and, and find all kinds of things. But um, in the United States, it's celebrated on December 6th. And so it's a feast day of St. Nicholas. And who who he is, <clears throat> is... Um, He's a fourth century bishop of Myra, so which is now modern day Turkey. And so he was known to be a saint famous for his generosities. And one of the stories about Bishop Nicholas is that he repaid a man's debts and he was trying to rescue this man's daughters from slavery. Um, he was hoping always to keep his identity secret, but at night he um, you know, tossed a bag of money through the window and it landed in a shoe by the fire. Mm-hmm. So that's where this tradition sort of came. If you've heard about kids putting shoes or clogs out in different countries, um, either maybe outside of their bedroom or on the mantle. Um, and um, traditionally, it was known that this this is where the money was received for this family. But so now kids put those out just hoping, you know, for for a little gift or something in the morning. And so, of course, all of this and reading about it and contemplating is is to, to keep us in the spirit of this outward generosity and giving. Mm-hmm. And, and St. Nicholas is where um, the Santa Claus came from in, in um, Britain. It's Father Christmas. And so you'll see a lot of similarities in the stories and the idea behind them. I think the, the, the larger spectrum of gift giving with Santa Claus is a little bit different here in the U.S. than you maybe find it in places in Europe. But we have, so we're kind of talking about doing a new tradition of, of adding that in, um, maybe spreading out the gift giving a little and mm-hmm. reading about St. Nicholas and having the kids put their shoes out. And um, some people do just little fruits or candies or just something little. It's not meant to be this, you know, right. a, a huge thing, but just something to um, here again, you know, keep our focus on, on giving. Yes, I I love that. And I love that you talked about that because it's something I've been wanting to learn more about and incorporate into our reading and traditions is, you know, learning about St. Nicholas, the real St. Nicholas. And Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you have a book recommendation because we we have a lot of wonderful Christmas books, but we don't have one on St. Nicholas. So um, thank you for sharing that. That's great. Oh, yeah. I love it. Have to find it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And yes, I, I was thinking I had another one. I, I'll, I'm trying to think. I guess I didn't put it on here. I can't remember the name of it. I think I have another one too. So I'll add that to the show notes if I can remember. Um, 
the name of the other book I have about St. Nicholas, but, okay. um, yes. So what, what about you, other Christmas books? Yes. Do you yeah, have other recommendations? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, it was, I was thinking, I'm sure between the two of us that we probably have mm-hmm. a lot of Christmas recommendations. And so I, I won't give all of mine today. It might be too overwhelming. And then maybe the listeners will be like, I can't get all these books at one time. I know we, we have a lot. And you know, what's funny. I was, I saw some of the ones that you had jotted down and I thought, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of very different recommendations, right. but this time there were a lot that were on my list. Like we had very similar ones. So I think, um, some of the best Christmas books are are just traditionally the best Christmas books. So yes. we all like to talk about this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yes. yes. So I'll let you start. You start. Okay. What's, I'll just throw out one to, to start. Okay. Yeah. So one of, one of, I would say probably most of our kids would say one of their very favorite Christmas books still, even from five to up to 12, is a book called The Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey by Susan um, Wojciechowski. And I might be, I might be butchering that. Um, but, um, and my son was, he needed to give a, he was going to do a Christmas book exchange with some other kids. And this was the book that he wanted to give them. So he still really loves it. Um, but just to give you a little bit of the story of it, it's about a woodcarver in a village who is very um, sad and bitter about his life. And it, it it doesn't spend much time on this, but you do find out that he had lost his wife and his child some time bef- before the book takes place um, in, a, in the three-day span, I think due to a fever or something, mm-hmm. something like that. And so... Obviously, he's, you know, really having a hard time and struggling to move forward and see um, the beauty in life and to see anything good. And um, and then he's so, but he's he's known as the best wood carver in his village. So people know him for that. They don't really know much about his personal life, but they, they know he's gloomy. And um, but he meets this widow and her son and they ask him to make some wood, some wood carvings of the nativity. And it's getting close to Christmas. And so so that's kind of their request. But then in that process, the widow's son is interested in learning how to carve. And so that interest um, kind of creates a way for them to be around him more, to observe what he's doing. And so he sort of begrudgingly says, yes, I guess, you know, this little boy can watch me. And so really in the story, you just sort of see his heart being opened a, a bit by bit by the widow and her son loving on him, encouraging him in a very subtle way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just a beautiful story of seeing how really giving out and loving and what those, just planting those little seeds in the midst of of a difficult time, what that can do in someone's life. And then they end up, it's just hints towards, um, you know, a relationship continuing in the end for all of them. And so, it, yeah, it's a sweet story. We mm-hmm. The copy we got um, has an audiobook in it. So I'm not – I haven't purchased it for a while, but um, – and the audio is fabulous. We keep mm-hmm. it in our car. I, it's one of those CDs I never took out of the car. So right. in July, my daughter will be like, let's play the Christmas miracle of Jonathan <laughs> to me. So, so every once in a while Christmas, we also – or in July, we also listen right. to this. So – um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a deep voice. Um, and so I think all the kids really are drawn to the, to the narrator's voice too. So anyway, to definitely get that one. So what about you, That's Jamie? Fair. Do you have a few? Oh, yes. Um, let me see. The first one um, is The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree by Gloria Houston. And it's illustrated by Barbara Cooney. And we've mm-hmm. talked about Barbara Cooney a lot mm-hmm. um, on the podcast. But this one is set in the Appalachian Mountains during World War One. And it's the story of a small town, and each year a different family from the town um, is responsible for contributing the Christmas tree to the town church. And um, I know probably a lot of you don't know about, you know, how there are a lot of Christmas tree farms, and people grow a lot of different kinds of um, traditional Christmas trees in the Appalachian Mountains. And so um, that's something that my boys recognized immediately that all these different kinds of each family would contribute a different kind of tree. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we see when we're driving around in the yeah, mountains, all these really different neat. kinds of Christmas trees. But anyway, the story um, in this particular family, it's their turn to contribute the tree. And it talks about how in the spring, the little girl and her father go and they pick out the tree that's going to be the town tree for that year. And um, he ties her little ribbon around it. So they know that's the tree. Um, But over the course of the year, the father gets sent off to war 
And so he's gone and, you know, it talks a little bit about the struggles in Appalachia and then also just during that time in our country's history with, you know, all the men off to war. Um, and, you know, you wonder if the father's going to make it home for Christmas and if the town's going to have their tree. And so um, it goes through that story, but it's just, it's just heartwarming. And if you're familiar with Barbara Cooney, you know, it, it, her illustrations are just beautiful. So um, another reason my boys love this one is it references locations that they know, like Grandfather mm. Mountain and yeah. the Tweetsie oh, Train, <laughs> you know, the yeah. railroad. The tweet. So that's really um you know, kind of personal for us because they they recognize the places and things that they're talking about in the book. But obviously, it's a wonderful story for anybody in any culture. It's just a, a beautiful, heartwarming tale of, you know, community and family and resourcefulness and, um, you know, just the surprise and miracles of Christmas. So that one we really love. So. Oh, that's so neat. Do they so yes. do they go into do you kind of learn also about the different trees when they reference them? They, they, you don't really, they don't talk. They just kind of mention it. They just the mention it. Okay. Yes. That's great. Yes. Like, so and so, you know, last year was a cedar tree. Yeah. And this year's and that, you know, a year of so-and-so's family, right. you know, sent the so-and-so tree. And so, yeah, so it's really neat to, to you, Yeah, that. you could always, you know, families could always look it up, too, if they're interested. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. What's, what's but around here, that's what we do. We go up into the mountains, and we, we you know, pick out a we go to one of the tree farms and we cut down the tree and pick out the Christmas oh, tree. Oh, that's so, so great. Yeah. So, so it's wonderful. fun to, to read kind of about the different, different tree farms and different, you know, different kinds that they, that we have that are yeah. local to us. So it's oh, nice. That's, that's wonderful. Yes. That's awesome. Um, let's see. So we also really have enjoyed a book called Annika's Secret Wish by Beverly Lewis. And this book takes place in the um, turn of the century Sweden. And so part of their, the traditionally part of their um, holiday meal was rice pudding kind of as the dessert. And so every child hoped that they would find an almond in their pudding. So it was, mm. so there'd be this, the rice pudding and it'd be, so in someone's serving in someone's dish, it would be there. And so in the story, Annika, she's dreamt about this her whole life, hoping that she would get the almond. And I want to say she's maybe around 10 ish or so. And mm-hmm. so this year again, she's really hoping that she would, she would find the almond. And so the tradition goes that if, if you're the child who finds the almond, then it's your chance to um, to kind of share about what or not. I don't know if they, I'm trying to think if she actually verbalizes it, but you sort of give a have a wish, like maybe like mm-hmm. what you do on a birthday or something. You have a wish of of something you've been hoping or dreaming about for a long time. And so the story, so you you can guess that you know she finally gets it, and so. Um, she has this wish, and so you find out if, if that comes true in the story. So just so, the, and the illustrations are really, really beautiful. Um, my kids and I have all been drawn to those. So just a really sweet story about. Um, it, I, I kind of think about almost like it's something that you. It's not not necessarily um, specifically a Christian story, but just the idea of, of praying for something and hoping for something. You know, longing right. for something, and and will that will that come to pass? And so kind of giving voice, right. giving voice to that. So, yeah. I love that. Yes. Well, another one that we love, that my boys love, is called um, Winchestless, The Eternal Christmas Story. And it is written by Geraldine McCaulfrian and illustrated by Christian Birmingham. And it tells the story of the song, Good King Winch- Winchestless. Um, I'm not, I know I'm probably not saying that correctly, but um I don't know if you're familiar with the carol, um, but it I know the first verse, but I didn't know the whole song. And the whole song is actually a story um, about the king and how he went out one night. He was looking out the window with his page and he saw a man, you know, struggling with some firewood out in the snow in the blizzard. And it talks about how he went out um, with the page and they walked out in the blizzard and went to the man's house and, you know, feasted with him and took care of him and um, dined with him. Just it, just a beautiful story of generosity. And um, but I didn't know this. And the carol is in the back of the book, but also the story of the actual man who was Duke Winchestless of Bohemia. And it tells about how he brought Christianity to his little corner of Germany in the 10th century. 
And um, so the reason that he did this was because of the love of Christ that, you know, he, he wanted to share the love of Christ with this. And so um, it's just a beautiful story based on the, on the traditional Christmas carol. Um, but then it also has the, the story in the back um, telling of the actual, you know, real man and the, where, where the carol came from. And so I think he's actually um, now officially St. Wenceslas in okay. the Catholic church. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, got some historical background mm-hmm. with it as well, but it's beautifully illustrated and um, we really love that one. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll have to, I'll have to find that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually just went to the Nutcracker this past weekend and that's oh, yes. been a tradition of, for the girls and I for quite a few years. Um, and so we have, ver- there's, there's so many versions as you've probably seen out there in some, this one is a pretty full version by ETA Hoffman. And mm-hmm. so you, you, you read, can read the whole tale. Um, and, uh, this was written in 1816. So I think it's just, it's one of those that's really fascinated, you know, people, including artists and composers and audiences, you know, watching it for almost 200 years. So, um, that's that's really amazing to me, and I think and we're always captivated by the story, and there's just such a wonder I think that's that's stirred in all of us. And the version that we have, um, I think I don't have it right in front of me. I think it's Maurice Sendek who illustrated that one, which he's won awards for illustrating um, where the wild things are. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that's there's so many, so I definitely recommend if you want kind of a longer, fuller version. There's definitely if you if you don't want that, this might not be the best because it's pretty it's pretty long. But if you want the full story, I would definitely recommend this one. I love that. We'll have to, you know, I don't think we have a book on the Nutcracker. We're familiar with it. We're actually going to go see it as well. But I don't think we have a book on that. So I'll have to find that one. Yeah. Um, another one that we love. Speaking of kind of traditional Christmas. Um, is we have one on the 12 days of Christmas. Um, it's illustrated by Don Daly, and it's just the traditional song, the 12 days of Christmas, but this particular version is beautiful. He illustrates with, ab- with just gorgeous attire. Um, so even the Lords of Leaping, uh, Lords of Leaping and the Ladies Dancing, they're all different animals. And so it's just a fun and beautiful book if you like that carol. Um, and my boys, my boys love to look at it because, you know, I think the, the ladies dance, the nine ladies dancing they're they are these adorable pigs dressed up in ballerina costumes, kind of look, they look very much like the Nutcracker, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're pigs. And I know that sounds really amusing and it is amusing, but they're beautifully illustrated. I mean, it looks <laughs> like something out of like a nursery rhyme. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. So we, we love that one just because we love the Carol and. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun and whimsical, but still absolutely beautiful. So we like That's that one. Great. I know something, another we, thing we've been kind of reading about over the past couple of years is, is the idea that Christmas really starts on that first day traditionally right. and it goes for 12 mm-hmm. days and, I think, you know, culturally, that's not, you know, what most people do. And so um, I think by the time it gets to Christmas, I'm not sure if I'm ready to keep on giving and celebrating (laughs) for 12 more days. But it is something that we're continuing, you know, to read about. And and so it is a it's it's a it's a countercultural idea for sure. So definitely, um, definitely. Well, we are I guess my my oldest has has read the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. My younger ones haven't yet that my husband and I really enjoy this one. And, um, Mm. of course, written by, you know, one of England's most popular novelists. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with it either by reading it or there's uh, many um, movies um, that have, you know, different ones that have come out over the years. And we actually tried to show our kids one last year, thinking that that would be okay. And it wasn't so much. So I think it was, I think, you know, you read it and it doesn't seem that scary, but as, as many books are when you, you know, when you imagine them in your own mind, it's different than when they're put to the screen and into film. And so a couple of them, it was a bit much for them. So we decided to stop, to skip that and wait for, for another year. But um, of course, the main character is Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's visited by three ghosts from the past, present, and future. And so through this story, you witness, you know, his transformation from being a stingy miser to more of a caring and giving and gracious man to um, to someone he works with and his family and just, of course, anyone he encounters. And so, um, right. yeah. 
Yes, I of course I agree with this recommendation completely. I I think Dickens forever changed how we imagine Christmas with this book. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. He created this um, vision of of Christmas, and I mean now for us it's nostalgic, but um, yeah, I mean when I think of Christmas, I I can't think of Christmas without thinking of Dickens. I I just mm-hmm. can't. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is definitely a classic that everyone should read at some point. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Um, Another one that we have really enjoyed is called Holly and Ivy by Rumor Godden or Godden. Mm -hmm. And um, my oldest has loved this one so much that she decided to just put it. Um, be the narrator of it for our family and put it to CD last year. So we do have a little copy in our car and she's reading it to all of us. So that's really sweet. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's been really sweet. Um, So it's it's basically three different uh, single person or a doll or group of people in the story that they all have wishes for different things. They all have different things going on or or that are difficult in their lives. So the story is... um, you're kind of tracing their stories and thinking, is it possible that their wishes could come true? So I would say the themes are, you know, of hope and miracles. And um, it's it's a bit of a longer picture book. So mm-hmm. it would be one that, I mean, the yeah, the, like you could break it up if you wanted to read it to your kids in two or three sittings if they're young. Um, but I think they would definitely track with the story. And so, That's good to know. Yeah. I, I have this book, but I, we haven't read it yet. So um, it's good to know that, you know, so for my age boys, it would be okay if I broke it up a little bit, you think? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. Yep. Perfect. Yes. It. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, of course, the traditional, which probably many of you have, just a, a version of The Night Before Christmas. By yes. Clem- and we have by Clement Clark Moore. And there are many versions of this, but we mm-hmm. have one with pictures by, um, I'm not sure how you say this, um, Gio Fujikawa. Right. And, um, you know, the, of course, the traditional opening lines was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. So it was first published right. in 1961. Um, so this, yeah, I, I the, the pictures are just have a very traditional look to them in our version. Right. And um, one of my, we do a recitation night once or twice a year and usually one right in December. And so one of my girls memorized this um, last year. So it was really fun. And I asked her, do you still have it memorized? Maybe you could, you know, say it for us again this year, but it was fun to hear, I love her, that. To hear her do that. So. Yes, I I think our version is illustrated. The one that I have is illustrated by Jan Brett, which if you're familiar mm-hmm. with her kind of Nordic um, right. pictures, mm-hmm. and so that we we really like that one um, as well. And then when the boys were little, I had a board book version. I, I'm not sure where we got this or if we can still find this because I feel like I got it at a used bookstore or something, but. Um, it had illustrations from artists like Jesse Wilcox Smith and Arthur Ratcombe and just traditional um, artists, uh, children's book artists. And it was absolutely beautiful, too. So maybe we can find that one and link it because it was um, like I said, it was a board book version, but they mm, still love it because yeah, the, the illustrations great. are so traditional for the, mm-hmm. the night before Christmas. So mm-hmm. we, we like that one a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um. So another one that we have enjoyed that I actually have not gotten through to the end, I have to confess, um, but we've read portions of this. It's, it's pretty long, but it's called Letters from Father Christmas by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. And um, we got it for one of our girls as their traditional Christmas gift. Um, I think it was either last Christmas Eve or the year before. But um, So what Tolkien would do is every December he would um, – an, an envelope would arrive um, – with a stamp and a you know address from the North Pole at his home, um, addressed to his children, and so it would say that it's you know this is a letter that came from Father Christmas, and every year it was sort of the same scrawly type of handwriting and same type of illustrations, and so he would write letters. You know he was posing as Father Christmas and wrote letters to his children every year, and their tales about the North Pole and reindeer and polar bears and bothersome goblins in the picture, and so. Um, I think, of course, you know, many of us have read, you know, Lord of the Rings and The right. Hobbit and other things. And so um, it's just neat to to see, to, to listen to and imagine stories um, from this different world of the North Pole. And so that's yes. something we've, we've enjoyed. But I want to read. I haven't read them all yet. So I'm excited to read more this year. 
Yeah, I am a huge Tolkien fan, so I, I have wanted this one for years, and so I think this might be the year I finally have to break down and order it for yes. myself. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. definitely. Definitely. Definitely, for yeah. sure. Um, another one that we have really enjoyed is called Gift of the Magi by O. Henry, and um, I'm trying to think of who who illustrated this one that we have, but... Um, this is a, you know, an older story about a couple's sacrifice and their unfailing love to each other and just wanting to get the best for each other at Christmas time and what they're willing to do and um, to accomplish that. And so I think it always puts for me in perspective just the, the couple doesn't have a lot and um, mm-hmm. just what, what really matters and um, the idea of of being content with, with what we have and, and even, you know, in our, in our lack or in having a lot that, um, sometimes the best gifts, you know, come from those places of being willing to sacrifice and being willing to give. And so, so it's such a great right. story. Yeah. I, I love that you put that one on the list because that's another one that I have on my shelf, but I've never actually read. So oh, I'm going to yes, take that one down it, and read it this yes. year for yes. sure. Yes. Thank you for reminding me about you, that I one. I mean, you might love it at this point more than your boys, but I, right. I really enjoy it. So it takes, I think this one takes a little bit longer sometimes to connect with, you know, mm-hmm. with younger kids, but I keep reading it. So my, my older ones are finally more familiar. So, right. Um, yes. and then just a very funny one. I don't know if you've heard of this one, Jamie and the best Christmas pageant ever by Barbara. This is Ryan. one of my favorite, is favorite, it? Oh, favorite good. ones. Oh, yes. good. Good. Well, you, you talk about it. You tell us about it. Oh gosh. Well, it's, um, it's one of my favorite books. I think I read it the first time when I was about nine years old and I still read it. Yes. Every single year. And there was a movie at some point as well that I remember watching as a child. So Mm. I'll have to track that down as well. But, um, it's a, it's a book about the, the Herdman siblings and they are, um, just, I I don't know really how trying to think of how to describe them. They are, um, just very, Um, kind of the talk of the town, you know, with the everyone talks about how misbehaved the Herdman siblings are and that kind of thing. And they show up to be a part of the annual Christmas pageant in the town. And um, just the hilarity that ensues as a result of the um, town having to incorporate these children into the pageant. Um, but then it's just so beautiful in the end of how um, just the, the truth of the Christmas story and the gospel gets into their hearts and Mm. begins to change them. And, um, you know, it just, it affects them in, in just a beautiful way. And so, I don't know, you can probably describe it better than I can. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just saw it on, I think it's on sale or maybe, I'm not sure if it's always this cheap, but it seemed like it was probably on sale on Audible. So we just recently got it, um, on Audible, for three ninety five, I think. Oh yeah, so that's great. You could check that out too, if if that's an easier way to yes. to get a hold of the book. So. Yes, it's by Barbara Robinson. I don't know if we said. Oh, that. I don't Did know if we, we said that? that either. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes, this is <laughs> newer Christmas to me. I, yeah, I didn't grow up with it at all, so it's been newer newer to us. Oh so. gosh, yeah. yes, yeah. it's one of my favorites. I really, I've read it since I was about nine years old. So oh, we love great. we love that one. It's just it's just funny and heartwarming. It's uh-huh. just a great book all the way around because it just takes you through that gamut of emotions like a good book does. So mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. it. Yes, that's great. <laughs> we have we have really enjoyed the little house books by um, Laura Ingalls Wilder, and we I I, there's a series of books um, called My First Little House Book. So if you're wanting to introduce your kids to you know some of the characters and some Garth Williams illustrates these as well, um, just really be- I really like him as an illustrator, but um, mm-hmm. really beautiful pictures and this, you know just taking a very simple sweet uh, part of of like a Christmas in from one of the uh, unabridged books um but just you know kind of bringing the little house Christmas to to your home and um thinking about how it was in those those times that the book was written and what they ate and I think they you know would make um you know candy by having you know ice um snow and maple syrup and just all the right, things that they yes. would do at the, you know that time to make a sweet or um the kids always you know try to go out and do those things of course after <laughs> like let's let's try to make right. this dessert in the snow and um so but it just gives a picture of how it was in that time period so that's that's been 
heartwarming and for us too. And, yes. and some people have asked, you know, what, just as far as the, uh, the story of Jesus's birth, you know, about books for that. I, I still always recommend the Jesus storybook Bible as just, right. um, you know, as the way to, um, you can use that in reading up through Advent and then reading uh, the story of Christ's birth at Christmas. But we still always go back to that for our Bible stories. So, yes, we, we love the Jesus Storybook Bible and we read that. Um, I, I um, wasn't on the Advent podcast, but yeah, you, you mentioned that the Advent podcast, you know, we that's what we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go through that um, starting December 1st and we use the Jesus Storybook Bible in, ending with the Christmas story. So mm-hmm. um, I agree with you completely. That's one of the best um, outside of reading it straight out of the Bible. Right. Um, that's yes, <laughs> that's of one course. of the best the best um, story story books um, about the Christmas story. It's the Jesus Storybook Bible. So yeah. yes, I completely agree. That's great. Yes. Well, any other recommendations, Jamie? That that's it. I'm sure I have a ton, but we should probably save some for next year. That's right. so. <laughs> yes, definitely. I know I had a few yeah. others. I'm like, oh, I, could, I do too. <laughs> could be too many. So yes, we'll right. save some for next year. Yeah, we don't want to overwhelm you with all of the books. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening in, and um, we would love for you to leave us a star review or comment on iTunes. Um, the more positive reviews we receive, the more that um, the Storyform podcast will be in algorithms, and more people will see it and listen, so that would be wonderful. We'd so appreciate that if you'd be willing to leave us that. And then just another note that we wanted to let you know, we are going to be going to a season format with our podcast, and we just actually started in April, so this is episode 20, so we've done 20 episodes so far. I can wow. hardly believe that. Yeah. Me either. Um, so we're going to, um, this will probably be a little bit of a longer season season just because we were kind of figuring this out as we went along. So we'll have 20 Mm -hmm. episodes in the first season. And then we're going to take a little break and start season two back up on February 1st. So um, we hope that you'll look forward to that right along with us. And we're Jamie and I are in the process of brainstorming new topics and new people that we'd like to interview. And so if you have any ideas, please send us a message on our Facebook page. And we'd love we'd love to know what people are wanting to hear hear about. So um, we hope that you lean into this Advent season and find space um, just to to long and to settle in with the Lord and have some space to be prayerful, um, to long for his birth, his celebration of his birth, and to long for what is to come. And and of course, time to celebrate with your loved ones too. So we hope that you have a wonderful Advent season and Christmas season and will be um, having space with you again in February. Yes. So great. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be story formed.